We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Werfelman, and it's Friday today and I'm recording this. So as you know, I'm a little behind, um, but I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, things just get hectic, uh, doing some work on our house and just the, the the availability time that I have to actually record with no background audio is limited. And since I'm kind of a perfectionist with art stuff, um, I was just like, oh man, I just got to wait until I have a gap of time where I can do this. And honestly, I think it was good because yesterday I felt a little unprepared to give this message. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are all doing good on this Saturday. I hope you guys are tuning in. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the episodes and I hope that they have been uh, just encouraging you and strengthening you because uh, today or tonight, since it's 522 for me right now, um, we're going to be getting pretty deep and I think into a pretty convicting message for even myself. Um, but it's just something that's been on my heart and it's not really a teaching per se. It's more of just a conversation that I want to have and I want to pour out uh, some things that have been on my spirit. I do want to say one thing, man, I have definitely felt uh, an attack for this episode. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I don't really get nervous to come on here and, and do these, but this one, I don't know. It's like, I can't really pinpoint the nerves because I know that it's completely from the enemy and he's just trying to like scare me into not doing this. So, um, with that being said, I made it. I'm here. Uh, I'll, I will not be afraid. Uh, I will not be ashamed. Uh, but I just know it's going to be important and impactful because uh, whenever the devil's attacking, it's like, okay, bro, uh, <laughs> he's he's nervous about something. So um, I'm stoked to bring this message. And um, yeah, I think that's it. It's crazy. I'm looking at the calendar and we're just getting so close to the end of the year here. Um Contrary to popular belief, I believe that 2020 has been an amazing year. Um, obviously, some people have suffered loss and, and, and these things, but um, I think God has really moved this year, and I've just seen a lot of lives change this year, and ministries grown, and uh, I'm really thankful for that. Um, and I think the next year has a lot of new things. Actually, I don't think I know. <laughs> next year has a lot of incredibly new things for me and for this podcast. And um, I'm just so happy that you guys are along for the ride. And I'm so happy that God is using this um, as a tool um, for sharing the gospel, for encouragement, uh, for prayer, whatever it is. I'm, I'm just thankful uh, that God is using me and this platform and, and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I do pray and ask that uh, if this podcast does inspire you, that you would share it with friends and family and whoever else. Uh, let that be your step of faith of boldness to to share what you also believe. And that's kind of uh, a good intro to where we're going because tonight it's it's all about um, being unashamed and, and what the Bible says about being lukewarm. And unfortunately, I'm not here to... Um, condemn anyone, but I am here to, uh, with the Holy Spirit, uh, convict hearts and, um, and show that a lot of us are living a lukewarm life, whether we believe it or not. Um, our actions actually display that. Um, so it's definitely going to be a heavy one, but definitely a fun one because I personally believe that, um, convicting messages and hard messages are actually, 
um, the best messages. And even for me in my own life, just like listening to convicting messages are really inspiring. I mean, this week I, I listened to two convicting messages and I was like, I need to speak on this because this is important. Um, so that's kind of where this is rooted and just obviously the Holy Spirit leading me. I spent some time with Jesus yesterday and, and I felt like he was just putting this, uh, this type of talk on my mind, um, and just getting real to the core and to the root, um, of the issues in America and the issues in a lot of our hearts. So I pray that you're just open today. And with that, let's just pray. Dear Lord God, um, I thank you so much uh, once again for this this platform. I never want to thank you enough, uh, God, because you have given me this. You um, own this. This is your thing. This is your operation. I am just um, a small part of it, Lord, and I thank you for including me in it, Lord God. Um, and God, I, I ask tonight that you would one speak through me, Lord God. Um, this one comes definitely just from my heart, Lord God. And, uh, I need your wisdom. I need your words to be able to speak truth into people's lives tonight. And, uh, secondly, God, I just ask that, um, you would open the hearts of the people that are listening. Lord, actually right now, I just ask God for an increase, God, that, that this podcast episode would be the most watched after episode one, Lord God, that this one would rise up, not for my glory, Lord, but for your glory, God. So people could be woken up, Lord. We need to wake up in America. We need to wake up among, around the world. Even if you're in Indonesia or China listening to this, you, we have to wake up. We all have to wake up. Um, we all need to get closer to you, God. And I recognize that in my own life as well. Um, and I pray that you would just convict all of our hearts tonight, Lord, and that you would just move. Uh, God, we thank you. We praise your mighty name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. I'm already, I need a drink of water already. But yeah, so I think tonight, I don't even know what this episode is going to be titled. Maybe, uh, lukewarm or, um, I don't know. That one's kind of, I don't know, maybe just like wake up. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, even in the prayer, it's just, this one comes really from the heart. So this isn't like a prepared teaching. I do have uh, a good amount of Bible verses I want to go over. Um, because obviously I, I think going off feelings or going off the heart, um, can definitely be a no, no, even with pastors in the pulpit or whatever, because, uh, we don't act off feelings. We, we act off the spirit of God. So in order to test those feelings, if they're the spirit or just the flesh, I have to look in the word and see, okay, yes, this is what the word says. It's just, it's not just my opinion. So, um, yeah, with that, let's just open up. Oh my gosh, we're already like getting, um, getting fiery today. Uh, cause we're going to go into revelation, um, chapter three, verse, uh, 14. Sorry, I don't have my notes open. Here we go. So yeah, uh, revelations three, 14 to 22. And I'm going to read that one. Now keep in mind, con contextually, this is to one of the churches, the early churches, right? Um, but I think there's something to be learned from every single church in the first three chapters of revelation. And please, if you haven't read revelation, please read it. Don't be afraid of it. That's that's the devil. That's the, he's trying to keep you away from the most powerful book in the Bible. So please read it for one. Um, for two, these churches, these seven churches, they are um, key things for us as the church today to read because they they show the trends in which the churches were falling into at that time. Um, and so again, I don't know. I feel like some of you may be like, well, that's doesn't apply to us today. 
it does. And this just shows trends. It's just like history. We study history. Why? So we won't repeat it again. So um, let's just dive into what it says here. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write. And remember, these are Jesus's words. These are read. This is one of the only things written by Jesus in the Bible. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those who, whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So number one, kind of going backwards here, he who has an ear, let him hear, right? We're going to talk about this generation. They only hear what they want to hear. But I'm telling you, if you want to grow, if you actually want to make it to the promised land, you need to have an ear that is ready to hear everything that's going to be said tonight in this podcast, because it could be life or death for your life. And I'm not trying to make this some dramatic movie, but it's the truth. And this information, these scriptures are the difference between life and death spiritually for you. So lots to unpack here. For one, I know your deeds. Yes, he's talking about this church, but he knows all of our deeds, right? That you are neither cold nor hot. So lukewarm. So if you're cold, right, you're completely against God. You're an atheist. Okay. If you're, if you're hot, right, you're super close to God. Now, many of us in the church think we're hot. Oh, the lukewarm people are the unsaved. No, those are, those are the cold people. The lukewarm are most of the people that are sitting in the pews today. They go once a week on a Sunday. That's all. They only give God their Sunday. They pray maybe here and there and they think that they are good, right? But God is saying, I see your deeds and you are not hot because your your deeds would reflect that you are hot or cold. Um, and I love this because this is America right here. Like the sim, the 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 um, parallels here. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. That is the American church, right? We don't understand the supernatural of God. We don't understand how how can I go pray to God for three hours? Why? Because we have everything we need. So we look at God and it's like, oh yeah, that's a cool thing to add to our life. But we don't look at him and say, you are my life. You know, there's people in in China and in Africa and all these places where the church is really hurting or or people have very little and they hold on to God so tightly. Why? Because it's the only thing that they have. But out here we say, oh, I'm rich. You know, I, I've acquired wealth. Like I don't, I don't really need God. Yes, I, I love God and all this stuff. You know, we talk out of both sides of our mouth, but God's saying, no, that's that's not it. You can either have the riches of my riches, right? My my gold refined in the fire um, and my clothes to wear to cover your shameful nakedness, or you can have the world, right? And, and I love this part. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. If we don't repent, what does he say? He says right here, you are lukewarm and I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Think about what we spit out of our mouth. That's the garbage of our mouth. That's 
you know, the, the leftovers, right? Spit out of the mouth. When you, when you spit on someone, that's a very disrespectful thing, right? Even spitting is considered, um, not very, uh, not good etiquette, right? Spit out of your mouth. You're lukewarm. Many of you listening are lukewarm. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to ring the doorbell and say, hey, wake up. Because just like Jesus says right here, I stand at the door and knock, right? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. But what is the key there? They have to open it and invite him in, right? That's not saying, oh, invite Jesus in your heart. It's saying God wants a part in all of our lives, right? He wants to be our lives. He wants to be the center of our lives, but we have to allow him to come in. We have to invite him in. We have to invite him. And how do you invite something in? You have to make room, right? And God requires all of us. So you don't just say, oh, I'm going to give you the guest room. You clear out the whole house, okay? And so the reason I start with this is because I think there are many of you that are listening that, um, yes, of course, you listen to this message and you agree with this message. And praise God, that is the number one first step. But I'm here to help you get to the next step. Now you have the doctrine, but you're not applying it. So just because you have the knowledge and you're not living it out, that doesn't change anything. Like God said, I see your deeds. He's talking to a church here. Man, imagine what he would say to our churches, right? All these people, we go, we sit in the pulpit, but then we go home, we sin, um, you know, oh, we're sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. And um, there's no fruit. In, in any of, in most of their lives. And I don't, I'm not here to, to, for you guys to say, oh, you know, I think you're being a little harsh on these people, harsh on these people. No, it's more so to wake up the people who have an ear and they're saying, oh, this is me, right? This isn't, I, I've heard this uh, in a few sermons, but I just heard it the other day. You know, this isn't one of those sermons that you listen to or one of those teachings you listen to. It says, wow, that would be really good for my buddy. No, this is good for me. And even I listening to it, it's like, yes, I need to dig deeper into God. I need to give him my whole life. We call him the Lord of our lives. Do you know what a Lord is? That means he lords over everything. We give him everything. If you haven't given God everything, if you're only giving him your Sunday, if God is saying, hey, go pray for that person. And you're like, "Mm, no, I don't want to. Or God is saying, hey, pour into this person. You're saying, "Mm, I don't really want to. What shows anyone that you are a Christian? And, and guys, don't get me wrong. I've been in those places where God's like, hey, you need to go pray for that person. I'm like, uh, I don't want to. But how can someone like that say, oh, I'm not lukewarm? You are, and you're going to be spit out of his mouth. He wants you to be hot. He wants your life to be different. The apostles said, and Jesus said, that they would hate you because they hated me first. Are you hated? If you're not hated, if you haven't, suffered tremendous loss. Are you really hot and on fire for Christ? Because man, everyone that I know who is seeking after God and followed God lost everything. Paul, John, Peter, all the disciples, they lost everything, including their lives. Jesus lost everything. The early church, multiple people lost everything, lost their lives. People in China today in the underground church losing their lives every day. Now, of course we live in America. You're probably not going to be killed, but Have you lost one friend because of the message that you preach? Because this message is so radical that it should offend people. And that's why we call this Jesus is offensive. This isn't some babysitter message, right? This is a radical, radical message. So if you truly believe what we've, what you've been listening to the last, what, uh, 16 episodes of this podcast, then why aren't you applying it? Because if I tell you, hey, there's a truck coming and it's about to hit you 
and you say, oh, I just believe, but you don't step out of the way, I'm going to say, no, you never did believe. And then guess what? You get ran over. If you believe there's a truck coming, you're going to step out of the way. So if you believe what the word is saying, you're going to actually apply it and put it into action. And guess what? Your life is actually going to change dramatically. If your life does not change dramatically, then something went wrong because God said we are not of this world. We will be aliens. This is not our home. This is not what we should look like. Let's head over to, oh no, I literally had it marked. Oh, here we go. Second Timothy four, one through five. Sorry, that got a little passionate, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sorry to be honest. I, I want us all to, to hear these things and wake up, including myself, but I'm also not going to be here and say, oh, it's okay. You know, I need work too, because I think in the church, we do this thing where someone comes to our small group and they say, oh, I'm really struggling with this. And everyone's just so quick to be like, it's okay. Oh my gosh, like love on them. And of course, God says to love on people, right? But that's not love. Love is me going to my brother and saying, hey man, it's okay. You messed up, but you got to be better. And, and here's how we can make it better. Hey, have you been reading your word? Hey, have you been praying? So again, I'm here to say, yes, I need work as well, but I'm also here to provide hope for people and say, listen, I lost so much. I lost it all. I lost my friends. I lost uh, job connections because of my faith. Um, I've lost so many. I've lost my time. I've lost many things that I wanted in this life, but it all doesn't matter because I love God so much that I was okay with suffering those losses. I've had to change my life dr dramatically. And you're going to probably ask, well, how did you lose so many friends? Well, because I started changing my life and people don't like that. People don't like when you start saying things like, oh, being gay is a sin. Oh, cursing is a sin. Oh, um, getting drunk is a sin. People really don't like that one, even Christians, right? There's so many little things. I'm not just talking about the, oh, you know, doing drugs is a sin. No one's going to get mad at you at that. They're going to say, oh yeah, you were, you know, you grew up as a Christian, whatever. But when you say these little things like, hey man, you got to change your life. Hey, are you spending time with God? Hey, are you praying about that? Hey, are you full, filled with pride right now? Hey, are you, are you actually um, applying what you read in the word? Like these things are sin too, but they're the things we hate talking about. And it's hard because the thing about a pastor gets up and he tries to give a word like this but he can't. Why? Because his life doesn't reflect it either. So I can't be up here preaching, hey, you guys need to do this. You guys need to be do this. But my life looks no different. I was watching this sermon, again, this not sermon, it was a live stream that, again, kind of inspired this podcast. And, and this guy was just talking about, you know, there's all these mega churches, uh, pastors, like Carl Lentz, for instance, like this, obviously, like, it's very sad what happened, but that, that it's such a, it, it was so obvious that something like that was going to happen. Why? Because this man's life did not reflect Jesus. It didn't. It didn't. He It reflected the culture. It reflected um, being loved by celebrities and all these things. Yeah, he can preach a good message, but anyone can go up and preach a, a Jesus loves you message, right? But where was the fruit in his life? Where was the change? Where was the, oh, I'm going to hang out with a celebrity, but I'm going to call them out on their sin. Because guess what God, guess what Jesus did whenever he was on the earth and he met someone. He said, hey, I know you're doing all of this, all this sin. You need to stop that and repent. But then he loved on them. But I, I didn't see that from the pulpit. Um, and this guy was just saying that, um, again, you see all these mega church pastors and they're, they have these famous Instagram profiles and uh, 
unfortunately, like all their posts, it's all them. Like, I'm sorry, but social media and just posting yourself all the time, that stems from pride. And I'm sorry, I'm just going off on a little whirlwind here, but I was just talking to my a buddy about this who actually listens to this podcast. I actually met him through this podcast and I was saying that, or we were, we were talking about social media and it's like, there's no way around it. It's rooted in pride, right? There's certain things like having a business on social media or whatever. Um, but for those, for those of you who are posting a picture of yourself in, in a swimsuit or, or you're, or if you're a dude, you're, you're posting, um, a picture of you just trying to look all cool or whatever like this. All that is, is it's stemming from pride. And I'm not here to apologize for saying that or to have a conversation about how you can explain that that's not because you're looking for some kind of response. People will say, yeah, but I really liked how I looked in this. Well, that's great. That's great for you. But why do you have to share it? Because you're looking for something. You're looking for attention, right? And I see that in many of these big pastors um, and many of just the Christian community, right? So again, if your life doesn't change, right? So if you're following God, stop posting that content. Get off Instagram. Yeah, it's fine. Like post post some pictures that you enjoy, art or whatever. Um, and I'm not here to condemn people on their own convictions, but stop being so in, um, interested in people's response and for people loving you because the God said that the world would hate you, right? Sorry, little side note, but I felt like someone needed to hear that. Let me grab a little sip of water. Ooh, you guys did not think you were getting this kind of message on a Saturday. My apologies. <laughs> hey, at least it's on Sunday. Um, let's hit up 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Um, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, and it and his kingdom, sorry, I give you this charge, right? Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct? rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So I just want to say that I'm going to go on, but uh, just it popped in my head. You know, you may be thinking or because you feel convicted right now, like it's wrong for Taylor to, to sit here and rebuke me, but it's not. It, it says right here to re- remember in season and out of season, correct rebuke and encourage, right? You guys know me. I'm, I'm here to encourage you. And, and I say this in a strong tone, just to get you on your, to get you on your feet and, and get back in the race and start running. Right. I'm not here to condemn you or say that you're bad or that I'm better than you. I'm just here to help you out, correct you and, and get you up because man, America, we are suffering. And I know there's only what we only have 1400 streams of this podcast, but I guarantee if every single person actually started living what we're preaching in this podcast, Lives would be changed. Multiplication would be happening, but you're still afraid, right? You still are afraid to actually pray in faith over someone to see a healing. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I've been there and with healing specifically, it's still sometimes scary for me. It's not like that goes away, but you, you understand that demons are real, but you don't have the courage to try to cast one out, right? You want to say, oh, uh, Taylor, can you do this? Oh, someone else, can you do this? Can you do this? Oh, bring them here, bring them here. No, you do it, right? You 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 know that people need to be baptized, but you won't baptize them. You won't go through baptizing them. Why? Because you're scared. You have fear. You feel like you're not worthy or you're just lazy. Let's be honest. So I'm here to just get you guys in the race, right? For you who have been listening to this message, who know God, maybe you've known, excuse me, this truth for a while. It's time to actually apply it, right? Knowledge only goes so far until we actually start doing the things we know, right? 
We're supposed to be the army of God, but instead, and again, I heard this in the sermon, I'm stealing a lot from it, but I I just want to pass it on. I think instead what happens is you say, oh, okay, well, that's Taylor's lane. Like, oh, he's doing so good. Okay, send him to Jesus' offensive. Listen, I'm, I'm super blessed and super happy that Jesus' offensive is growing. And of course I want it to grow, but if it's just so everyone can funnel there are people that need to be discipled to Jesus' offensive? Heck no. I'll, I'll shut this down because this, we all need to be doing this just because, yeah, it works for me and it's it's the lane that God has put me in. It doesn't mean you also can't preach. That doesn't mean you also can't baptize. That, all, that doesn't mean you also can't fill someone with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, right? It, it, we we funnel them to these these faces that we know, oh, they, they do ministry. Oh, they know about this. But it, God says we are all priests. So if you know this message and you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are set free from demonic uh, principalities and, 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 and demons and you are um, baptized in the name of Jesus, you have all the steps completed, then you need to go out and actually start doing this and get off your butt. I, again, I heard this in the sermon, you know, why can we sit and watch four hours of Netflix and feel totally comfortable, but somehow watching an hour of a video about Jesus or reading our Bible or praying is the hardest thing. And guys, I'm preaching to myself here too. I'm asking a rhetorical question because it's demonic, right? The devil wants to keep you out of the Bible. The devil wants to keep you out of your prayer life, but he's fine with you wasting your your sweet, precious time on Netflix because he knows that that brings no fruit and that just tears you farther away from God. Tear down those idols in the name of Jesus. Take those away. We need to grow closer with God. We can't think that we're going to have some sort of ministry and that we're going to be able to apply the things that you're hearing in this podcast without spending more time with him. Now, I applaud you for listening to this. And because, yes, I understand putting away an hour of your time to even listen to good teaching is hard. I applaud you for that. But go deeper. Go deeper in God's word. Again, I think there's some of you who just say, oh, I'm going to go listen to this preacher today. Oh, Taylor said I need to go spend time with, more time with God. So I'll just go listen to this preacher. Okay, I'll go listen to Taylor. I'm super happy that you're here and I'm super happy that you're learning. But go talk to God and go read his word for yourself. Stop just listening to all these voices. Going on in in, uh, 2 Timothy 4. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I think in some translations it says to evil spirits or or something like that. but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, so the work of the evangelist uh, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So why is this happening? Why do we see this in our church? Why you're asking me, Taylor, yes, everything you say makes sense, but why is it when I look at every single church, they're not preaching what you believe? How can this 22-year-old have the right answers about God, but all these people are, are lost? Well, I'm telling you right here, it says there will be a time when men will not put up with sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? It's doctrine that is fully sound, right? Something that is sound, it's complete, it's made whole, it's it has it's lacking nothing, it has no issue, it has no holes. And I'm not here to say I'm a perfect teacher or I know it all, but what I read in the Bible is true. And everything, all the main points that I've given you guys in this podcast over the last five months have been out of the Bible. And and what what are these, what are these um it says they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, right? They'll create new doctrines. Well, what are these doctrines? Oh, the sinner's prayer. That's not a thing. That's not in the Bible. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's not in the Bible. That's not a thing. 
right? Or or this idea that we can just sin. We can just sin. It's okay if we sin, right? This, this idea makes no sense. Hey, you shouldn't sin, but it's okay if you do. Okay, well, <laughs> then I'm just going to sin. What's the point of the, the other one? Like, okay, we shouldn't, but eh, well, God will forgive me. No, that's, that's not the heart that God wants because you're not sold out to him. If you're sold out to him, you don't want to sin anymore. You don't live in sin anymore. If you're sold out to him, your life displays that. I don't know where we get this false doctrine, but it does share right here that they will gather around a great number of teachers, right? How many teachers are there that just give you what you want to hear? You hear a good, good message and you're like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm just living my life perfectly. It'll be what their itching ears want to hear. Our, our ears want to hear certain things. They want to be told, you're okay, you're good, you're fine, even though you're living with your boyfriend and you're cheating on your husband and, and you're doing drugs, it's okay, God loves you. That is not love to tell someone that. That is leading them completely astray. I'm sorry to get passionate, but this is the truth. And and this has to this has to be put to an end. In, in, at least for the young people that are listening right now, in, in our, in our lives and in our children's lives, this has to be put to an end. This is not a thing. I'm sorry. Most people in the church, their lives look exactly like the non-believers that I know. It's all the same. It's all the same. They lack power. They lack wisdom. Why are you still sitting in your church that doesn't even believe, um, in baptism, the filling of the Holy Spirit, tongues, um, deliverance, uh, healing? Why? Oh, you say, oh, but my, my church, you know, it's, it has some good things. Why would you stay there if, if it's not preaching even the supernatural powers of Jesus Christ and that people's lives, you know, they're missing something. So either why aren't you speaking up or why aren't you leaving that place? Because that place is not a place of God. It looks like the rest of the world. I'm not here saying you need to leave your church, but I'm just here to say that think to yourself, if I believe in God, and I believe that there are supernatural powers and I believe that people have demons and they need to be cast out because it is biblical and I believe that people need to be healed and I believe people need to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins and I believe that people need to actually be filled with the Holy Spirit and not just believe. And why are you in a church that preaches something completely opposite? The devil still wants to make you fall asleep. He's like, okay, this person has the knowledge, but um, let's just keep them away from any fruit. Okay, we'll just keep them in that same church because you have this hope for this church. You've made your church actually an idol in your life. And I'm sorry to call you out, but you've made your church an idol. You're saying, oh, but I don't want to leave my church. Like, what about Susie and, and Jimmy and all my good friends over there? You know, I love my church. But what do you love about your church? That it makes you feel safe? That you know everyone? Or do you love about your church that they preach the truth and they preach righteousness and they do not change their belief on anything according to the Bible? Well, I'm sorry. There's many of you that are sitting in your churches that are, are preaching a false or a, a tarnished gospel and you just want to sit around there because of comfortability. God has not called us into a life of comfortability. I don't care if you're one to 100. He has not called us into a life of comfortability. Trust me, the last two years of my life have been anything but comfortable. They've been hard. There's been pain. Uh, but you know what's crazy? It's been the most fulfilling thing because I have obeyed God. So this is why this is happening, you guys. False doctrines. These doctrines, that, you know, um, this idea of Christianity, you can basically just be the guy you used to be, but just believe. That's not being born again, bro. Born again, even if you don't believe baptism has power, just the... 
literally just what that implies being born again. It's like you're a completely different person. Well, just believing, oh, okay, I'm born again. That doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry. Like he said, for those who have ears, let them hear because there is some bad doctrine. But I'll tell you what, what's even worse behind the bad doctrine is what's holding it up. It's literally logically flawed. It's it's biblically flawed, obviously, and it just makes no sense. If you're still around after I've been just yelling in your ear, um, thank you. Um, and I hope that this is cutting you deep and I it's cutting me deep as well. And uh, again, I say this out of so much love because I want to see my brothers and sisters take the next step. Like the reason I started this podcast is because I felt like I was one of the only people my age that were like attempting to live this life. I was attempting to be holy, righteous. I left my church. I lost my friends for the gospel. Not I didn't choose that. I I love my friends. I, I love those people still. But the relationships changed, and and even you might say, oh, you know, you didn't lose all of them, but things change. You can tell there's, oh, there's something different. Uh, there's, okay. They didn't invite you to that. Uh, you know, you can feel it, but that's okay because I am here to preach the gospel. Listen, all my friends could listen to this right now, but again, I'm not afraid. I, I don't care. I love them. They know I love them. They know that I love them, but I know that I have a bigger mission in my life than to make people happy. I'm here to just preach the truth. In love, of course. And I love you guys. And again, the reason I made this podcast is because I wanted other people my age to have a voice saying that it is possible to live this life sold out for Christ. Sold out completely. Think about what that word means, sold out. You would sell anything for Christ, that you would give it all. You give it all. So I say this out of love so that you who are listening and are still here would feel encouraged to to take the next step, to walk out in faith, to do these things, to apply these things, to leave that church that is definitely not filling you up, that actually is a hindrance to your growth because they're preaching an opposite gospel. I say this because I'm with you. If you need a friend, email me. I'll give you my phone number. We can talk. Like I've talked to many of you on the phone, um, texting and, and emailing. I love that. And that's the community I want to build. And that's why when we release these Jesus offensive shirts, like I want people to wear those, not because they like the podcast, but so people will come up and ask them, Hey, what does that mean? And they can say, Oh, let me, let me share the gospel with you. Right. Because the gospel is explaining that, listen, Jesus and his, um, his word can be offensive. Right. But it's not just to say, Oh, this is going to offend you. But again, it's just to show that this is a radical gospel. When you say Jesus is offensive, that's radical. Right. The easy, easy peasy, you know, babysitter Christianity is like, Jesus was like white Jesus, you know, had the peace sign, like hugging everybody, you know, was barefoot all the time. Like, bro, what? That's not it at all. Jesus is offensive. You know, that's why I want this shirt to go out so we can feel empowered when people ask us. That's an opening to share the gospel. So you don't even have to go up to someone and be like, uh, do you know Jesus? You can just, they can just see the shirt and be like, yo, what is that? So Anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent, but um, let's hit up 1 John 3, 4 through 10. And I love you guys so much. And I want you to know that I, I love you. And I think you guys do know that. Um, and I, I seriously do. Like if you're struggling with something, especially if you're struggling with something, reach out um, and talk. <laughs> I might sound passionate, but like I'm actually a very normal person. Love talking with people. I love people. I've literally went out to coffee with people and we've sat there for like four hours. Um because I just love talking about Jesus and, um, yeah, 
I'd, I'd love to talk to any of you who I haven't talked to before. Um, yeah. If you need anything, prayer, even if it's something you feel dumb or you feel sh- shame about, like I'm, I've literally heard every story in the book. Like I'm, yeah, I've heard a lot of bad things and it's, it's fine. It's shame is not from the Lord. Okay. First John three, four through 10. Let's see what this has for us. Um, three, four through 10. Okay. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared, Jesus, right? So that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So if you say you know God, but you're living in sin, no, you don't. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does, and that's, that's, that's again, going back to the false teachers, the, the Bible warns of false teachers, but just like the doctrine thing I was talking about, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray, right? And he says this right after saying, if you are living in sin, you are not of God. So what would people try to do to lead you astray? They try to say, it's okay if you sin. It's fine if you sin. God forgives you. It's okay if you sin. It's okay. You're a Christian and you can be a sinner. It's awesome. You can, you're can. a Christian, but you can still um, have sex out of marriage. You're a Christian and you can cheat on your wife. It's okay. No, that's living in sin. And that's why he's saying right after that, do not let anyone lead you astray because the Bible is prophetic. John and and Jesus knew that many people would come after trying to say, it's okay, you don't have to do these things. Why? Because Jesus obviously knows everything, but also it's very easy to see that the staying away from sin is the hard part about falling from God. Of course, if we all didn't have to sin, if we could all sin and just still be a Christian, go to heaven, being a Christian would be the easiest thing. And that's why some people are confused and actually don't want God because they're like, this doesn't seem real because this is, it's not, it's fake. (laughs) Just let you know, it's fake news. So, He's like, listen, I know there's going to be people lead you astray because this is hard. And there's going to be a guy one day that's going to be like, uh, yeah, this is too hard. And, uh, I got a dream and God says that we can just sin now. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, again, that's a false doctrine. I'm sorry. You, you can't, you can't be living in sin and following Christ. You're, you're not following Christ. Um, he who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous, right? So if we're, if we want to be like him, if we want to be of him, we have to be righteous because he is righteous. He, and think about it. If you follow someone, I'm not talking about like Instagram, but let's say you're following someone around. That kind of makes you an apprentice. Well, that means you want to learn from them and then apply what you've learned. So if God is righteous and you're following God, then you should be righteous. It's very, it's very easy to understand the Bible. You just have to take your religious glasses off and realize, oh, wow, this is talking to me. I'm convicted. Okay. What do I do? You fix it. You fix the things in your life that are wrong. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. So if you're living in sin, you're of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Um, The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. And it says above, Jesus came so that we, to take away our sins. It's not because to save us from hell, of course. If we don't sin, we will go to heaven because we are righteous in God's eyes. He gave us a way to be out of our sin. So of course, heaven is still the, the, the thing that we're, uh, being saved to, but it's a different means to get there. It's not just say this prayer. It's like, Hey, be baptized, repent, be filled with the Holy spirit. And he will give you the power to overcome sin so that you can be righteous. You can have the connection with God. And so you can make it to heaven. Um, because remember if we are sinful, we are of the devil. So don't try to be like, well, Taylor, no, I think you're, it says right here. If you, if you, if you're, if you're living in sin, you're of the devil, right? 
no one who is born of God will continue to sin. Now, what does continue to sin mean? That doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I just sinned. Oh no, I'm not of God. Of course, go back and be like, God, I, I repent. I'm sorry, I turn away from that. But like we've explained in some other episodes, but if you haven't watched it, like there's a difference between living in your sin and the Bible talks about this. Living in your sin is consciously like, okay, well, God says I shouldn't watch porn, but I'm just gonna do it anyways because I really want to. Um, that's conscious sin. That's just doing it. Uh, in straight rebellion. And did you know that rebellion is witchcraft? That's what the Bible says. Um, so uh, many of us have, have committed witchcraft against God and we need to renounce that in the name of Jesus. And if you want to renounce that, just say in the name of Jesus, I renounce witchcraft and, and um, uh, anything that have, has to do with rebellion in the name of Jesus. Um, and if you want to know where that, just Google witchcraft and rebellion Bible verse, because it says witchcraft is the spirit of rebellion. Um, Sorry, a lot of information being poured out. But um, again, no one who is born from God will continue to sin. So again, if I'm in a race and I trip, that's an accident. I didn't mean to trip. I get up and I go, right? So you want to intentionally trip. So that's kind of the difference. Like um, if I'm sitting right here and I start talking about someone badly and then three hours later, God's like, yo, that was wrong. And I'm like, oh shoot, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't consciously do that and I didn't mean to sin I did it accidentally. And that's where you can say, yes, the sinful nature comes in. But the more we get closer to God, like the last two episodes, the more we walk in the spirit instead of the flesh, the more we will begin not to sin. Because like it said, if he is righteous, then we will be righteous, right? If you follow someone that's righteous, then you will become righteous. So the more you follow, the closer you follow, the more righteousness uh, you will receive and the more righteous you will become. It's very, God is very, he makes sense. And this idea that the Bible is like this, extremely difficult thing to understand. Yes, you need the Holy Spirit 100%. That is the key that unlocks it. But once you have that, it the world is very straight, but the devil wants to flip it upside down. And that's what we see with, with everything. Man, I can't get to the end of this verse. Um, sorry. So because, um, let's just say, no one who is born uh, of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Once we're born again, we're born of God. We're, we don't sin. This is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother. Okay? Very clear. And I feel like I, I kind of broke that down midway. Let me just grab a little sip of, uh, what are we drinking here? We're drinking some tropical cherry sparkling water. It's like my favorite, my favorite one. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. Again, I would encourage you guys to check out these verses. Um, maybe sometimes listening to them doesn't really hit you like it should, but 1 John 3, 4 through 10 is what we just read. We started with 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, and then Revelation 3, 14 through 21, 22. Even if you heard these perfectly, I would really encourage you guys to just go read those again um, because, man, they're powerful, right? I just want to throw in too, James 4 said, you know, if you, if you love the world, then you are an enemy to God, right? We can't have it both ways. What is loving the world? It's the, it's the sinful nature, the desires of the flesh. It's sin, right? You think, oh, but Taylor, like, I don't, I don't curse. I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't do those like big name sins that the Bible talks about. But then I ask you, well, is God number one in your life? Yeah. Well, how much time do you spend with him a day? Well, I, you know, I read my Bible for five minutes and then I pray for 10. I'm like, okay, well, how much time do you spend on Instagram? Uh, an hour and a half. Well, it sounds to me like you have idols then. 
So actually you have committed one of those sins. This is one of the biggest things that people don't understand. And I, I want to grant this information to you because maybe this is you. Maybe you feel like, but Taylor, I, I'm living without sin, but like I don't feel close to God or, or you're trying to justify yourself by just saying, I don't do the major sins, but you have idols. Anything you put more time into that's, that's an idol. And don't get me wrong, guys. I've, I've been there and, and once in a while I have, I fluctuate, right? It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this thing. I'm spending too much time thinking about this thing. These things that are completely harmless, like something that I love, like I'll just be honest, like something I love is like camping. But if I think about that too much, I've, I've made it an idol over God. I'm, I'm thinking about it more, right? And this is why marriages fail, right? You you say, oh, you're my number one. I'll do anything for you. And then all of a sudden you start focusing on the boys like more. And, and she's like, what about me? You're not. And you say, oh, you're number one. She's like, I'm not number one. I, I see by your actions. Um, and God sees by our actions too. So I would encourage you tear down those idols, tear down those idols in the name of Jesus. Don't, uh, God just gave Emma um, a word the other day and it, um, it spoke to me. Don't, uh, what was it? Well, to paraphrase, it was like, don't get sidetracked, basically. Don't get distracted. That's what it was. And that really spoke to me because I can get very easily distracted with my phone. And I just have a lot of different interests. And with those interests, I'm a passionate person. So I just get passionate about things really quick. And then I just will watch like 20 videos on something really quickly. And I've just been trying to remind myself, okay, Taylor, don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. And even this morning, I was like, what am I doing? Okay, get to my Bible. You know, um, we can't get sidetracked. Uh, we need to focus on him. We need to tear down those idols. Okay, whatever you have to do, put a put a limit on your YouTube, put a limit on your Instagram. I've done that and I'm not here to virtual, virtue signal to you. I'm just saying it really helped me to keep a hold on how much I spend on Instagram, right? It's not bad. You want to say, oh, but that's not from the heart, Taylor. No, it's not bad to train these things because God sees, wow, Taylor recognizes that he it still has a flesh part of him and he's trying to kill that in whatever way he can. So his way is to put a uh, time limit on his Instagram. That is from the heart because I'm planning out something I know that I will be uh, tempted to do later if I don't put a barrier between me and that thing. Man, I feel like I'm just dumping info on you guys. Um, Yeah, got a few more verses to cover here. Uh, I would really encourage you if you have time and you feel like this message is just hitting you because I can definitely feel right now that it definitely is hitting some people and people are really thinking about this. Listen to it again. Like, I'm not just saying that <laughs> to be like, listen to my voice, you know, more, or I have all the answers. But again, I think uh, it's important to hear things a second time because the first time is like, that was really good, you know, but then the second time can sometimes be the like next step to actually like kick in the application, right? So Matthew 7, 15 to 23, actually marked my Bible today and so much better. I hate when I'm like <laughs> trying to get to the page. Uh, okay. Matthew seven fifteen to 23. Here we go. A tree and its fruit. Um, watch out for false prophets. <laughs> they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are vicious wolves. And now I know that makes us think like, oh, well, yeah, he's describing like an antichrist. But I'm sorry, the spirit of the Antichrist is roaming on the earth. And Jesus actually said that. He said the spirit of the Antichrist is already here among us. False prophets, I'm sorry, that's and that that's not just a prophet as in like someone who gives a word from God. That's anyone who is is speaking of God, right? I'm sorry, that's Carl Lentz in this case. Right? He came in sheep's clothing. Look at me. I love, I love all these people, but he's living in this sin, and there's no repentance and 
Um, he's preaching a love gospel, um, a love with no actions gospel. He's preaching a you don't you can sin gospel and you can curse if you're a Christian and and abortion is okay or or uh, no that's not what he said. He said gay marriage. He didn't really have a comment on that. It's like that is a wolf and and that sounds very ferocious and and mean. My point is just saying be careful who you're listening to. The outward appearance is what makes it look like a sheep, but the inward is what makes it look like the wolf, right? He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing. They're wearing it like a mask, you know, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So maybe there is the sheep, but inside, man, it's temperament is like, it wants to rip you to shreds, right? That's many of these preachers. And I'm not even saying that they're um, doing it on purpose, but they have a spirit of religion. They, they have demonic spirits inside of them. They're living in sin, whatever it is, sin corrupts evil corrupts. And if these people don't believe in deliverance, well, I bet you 99.9% of them have demons. Because if you don't believe in deliverance, you've never been delivered. And most people have a demon because most people have sinned. (sighs) Sorry, this is heavy. Um, Let's jump back in. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So Carl lends his fruit, right? He preaches one thing, but where's the fruit? And I'm sorry, sorry, Carl wants to go at you, but, um, yeah, I don't, I feel like you're, yeah, you're not correct. Um, but yeah, I'm not here to, yeah, I just want to make sure everyone's clear. I'm not here to be mean to the guy. Obviously I hope that he comes to the truth, but things like this need to be pointed out because these are the things that we're letting charade in our churches. And if you think I'm in the wrong saying these kind of things, then why did Jesus say in Revelation, you put up with that woman Jezebel? That's not nice language. Or he even says right here, they will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Maybe he doesn't look like a ferocious wolf to you, but he has he led astray thousands of people? Yes. That's a ferocious wolf. In fact, never heard of a wolf that's killed a thousand other people. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot. And I'm sure it's been a lot more than that because he preached on a megachurch level. So it's the fruit. Likewise, every good fruit, every, sorry, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. That's the problem with these pastors. We see them up in the front. We can't see their lives. If we could all see their lives, we would see, okay, this guy is actually living what he's preaching. Um, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, right? So if you are of God, if you are a good tree, if you're an orange tree, you're not just going to produce an apple, right? If you are a good tree, you, you cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That's not just saying, Hey, you Christian, you can't bear bad fruit. Don't bear bad fruit. No, don't bear. It's saying like, if you are a Christian, you won't, you can't. So if you see bad fruit on, on someone that calls themselves a Christian, red flag, that's, that's, they're not, they're not fully sold out to God. And and that might be some of you guys. Is there bad fruit on your tree? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Are you living by his will or are you living by your own will? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. A lot of things to unpack with that last part. Two things come to mind. For one, um, for one, uh, you know, did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles, right? Even people that are operating in the gifts are not going to be saved. 
which is a wake up call because then you start to look at your own life and say, well, I'm not even operating in the gifts. These guys were, and they still didn't make it. You can be operating the gifts and living in sin too. So that's the other way to look at this. Don't justify it. Don't say, Taylor, I'm, I'm okay though. Like, look at me. I'm healing these people. Look at me. I'm casting these demons out. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Because these guys tried to what? They tried to justify themselves by what they did. They said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? Trying to justify themselves by what they did on the outside, but their hearts were far off from God. Remember what, remember what God said in, in, in a few passages, like, um, you know, your, uh, your deeds are for me, but your hearts are far off from me. You know, it has to be the combination of the both. You can't just say, oh, Taylor put me on notice. Okay. I need to go do all these things. But if your heart's not for God, if, or if you're still living in sin, all those things don't matter. But at the same time, if you are living without sin and you are living for God, but you're not even doing these miracles that said, you know, these things will follow those who believe Mark 6, 16, you know, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will, they will heal the sick, all that stuff. If you're not walking in these, then are you a disciple of Christ? Cause he said, those who follow me, they will do this. Not some will, or they might. They will do this, right? That's how we define it, right? I know for me personally, I don't want to be that guy that God says, I never knew you away from me, you evildoer. So that tells me they were living in sin. So they were doing all these things, but they were living in sin because he called them evildoers. That's great that you have a ministry. That's great. Even Carl Lentz, that's great you had a ministry, but you were living in sin, so it doesn't matter. And Carl Lentz wasn't even, you know, walking in the spirit. Imagine people that like at Bethel, right? And I'm not here to call them out. I'm just giving an example. They're walking in all these gifts and all this stuff, but there's some, there's some whack stuff going on over there too, but they're walking in all these gifts. But if you're walking in sin, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The gifts don't justify the sin. The gifts operate off Jesus's name. The sin is a part of you and your surrender. Yeah, just a few things to keep in mind. We have to be so secure, guys. We have to live without the sin. We have to walk so close to God that we have to be on his back, man. Like we can't even be trailing him. We need, need to be like literally in his bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, need, we need to be like, yo, homie, bro. Like we're, we're together all day long. Um, and this is even for me. And this is for all of us. All of this is for me, obviously. I'm just trying to encourage you guys. Like I hear this too. And I'm like, yeah, I like God, if there's anything left in me that is is evil or that is sinful, wipe that out. That should be our prayer, all of our prayers. So last thing, I want to go to 2 Kings 17, 7 to 20, diving into the Old Testament. Once again, stoked on that. I love the Old Testament. And as I shared last episode, I've been studying through Kings and man, I just, I really like it. Sometimes it's a little like, uh, Joham was Jim, 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 J, Jim, the, the, like all these dudes' names start with a J and you're just like, bro, how am I supposed to remember all this? Like Jehoaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim with a K. It's like, bro, what? Um, but I've really enjoyed it. And I think it says a lot about God's character, which is why I'm going there. So 17, seven to 20. I posted this on my Instagram, actually. Shout out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I just said, I think that this is America. This is what America looks like. And it's kind of long as I just realized, but we're already deep. So if you're here, stick around. Um, this is when Israel is exiled. 
And it was because of the sin they had done. You know, some kings had lived for God, but most kings had lived for themselves. They set up altars to other God. They set up idols. And you say, oh man, that's horrible. You know, man, so glad that that's not America anymore. But it doesn't matter if you're worshiping a Sheba or you're just worshiping your car and you focus way too much on it. It's the same, same old thing. Same old thing. I mean, maybe you look smarter to other people. It's like, oh, at least this guy's not worshiping a calf. Like he's worshiping something that actually does something, <laughs> but you're still worshiping it. So it doesn't, it's literally the same in, in God's eyes. So take this to heart. Why were they exiled? They were taken out of the land that God promised them. He loved them so much. He put up with this for hundreds of years until finally he's like, no, we're done with this. All this took place. Because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord, their God, who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I think of we were brought out of Europe, right? We were brought out of there by the grace of God because we were very outnumbered just as the Jews were out, uh, as the Israelites were outnumbered. From under the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, they worshiped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices which the king of Israel had introduced. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones in Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. These things were just idols, you know, things they worshiped, um, offering to other gods and all this demonic stuff. Um, at every high place, they burned incense as the nations whom, as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done, right? They became just like the other nation, and we're, we're seeing that even today as, as socialism is on the rise, we're just like the nation that we tried to break out of, right? It, it, I just see a lot of parallels here. I'm not saying that it is America. I'm just saying God's character is the same. So we can see how he dealt with them. Man, he's probably going to deal with us. Um, at every high place, they burned incense, blah, blah, blah. They worshiped idols, though the Lord had said, you shall not do this. So they disobeyed and that's all it is. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, quote, turn from your evil ways, observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your fathers to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. He said, I'm giving you a second chance. Basically just repent, turn away and live a life for me, live a life of holiness. But they would not listen and were as stiff necked as their fathers who did not trust in the Lord, their God. They rejected his decrees and his covenant he had made with their fathers and the warning he had given them. They followed worthless, worthless idols and themselves became worthless. That's what, that's what our sin does. It makes us worthless, it makes us worthless to God. If we're going to be used by God, we have to have the clean slate. We got to get rid of everything. Got to get rid of everything. Bad movies, get rid of those. Bad, you, those that bad music that you're listening to, get rid of that. You, we can't have any of this. Can't have any of this. These are the things that corrupt. They imitated the nations around them all through the Lord. Although the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do. And they did the things the Lord had forbidden them to do. They forsook all the commands of the Lord, their God, and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to all the starry hosts and they worshiped Baal. Remember, God said not to worship the stars or not to study the stars, right? Astronomy. So stop reading your horoscope. Stop. That's demonic. I don't care that you're into stars or whatever. That's demonic. That's witchcraft. They sacrifice their sons and daughters in the fire. That's abortion right there. Like I see the parallels this, because the human condition is the same. 
we've been doing the same thing for years. We've killed each other. We've raped each other. We've, we've, um, you name it, we've done it right. Just in, it's been in different cultures, but it's been the same thing. Um, so the Israel, uh, they practiced divination and sorcery and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him into anger. Divination is just listening to another spirit than the Holy Spirit to get like information and wisdom and all that stuff. So they were literally like speaking to demons. So the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah was left, and even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God. They followed the practices Israel had introduced. Therefore, because they had two kings at that time, you know, one over Israel and then one over the tribe of Judah. Therefore, the Lord rejected all the people of Israel, the afflicted. He afflicted them. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of plunderers until he thrust them from his presence. Wow. So, Point being, God sent the plunderers and God gave them a chance, but they didn't do it. So what did he do? He rejected them. Don't think that God won't reject you. And it's not to make you think that this God is evil and this horrible person, but it's the fact that he's righteous. And don't think that you're special because you can do all this bad sin, but like, for some reason, he's okay with you doing it. But in the Bible, no way. Yes, he has so much grace and mercy. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. But he will reject you if you continue on. Right? If you keep saying, oh, tomorrow I'll be baptized. Oh, tomorrow I'll, I'll be filled with Oh, tomorrow I'll, I'll apply what I've learned. Oh, tomorrow I'll pray for that person. Oh, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll cast out a demon. It's today. It's today. There's no tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. But, it, but beyond that, your heart shows that you are far off from God if you're not ready today, today to sell it all, to sell out and to go at uh, Christ right now. We, we got to be like Josiah in 2 Kings 22. We're going back to 2 Kings. Um, he, it says that he was, um, I think it says, as great as David. What did he do? He tore down every single idol and high place in Israel or in in um in Judah and God blessed him for that we have to do that in our own lives it's time to clean house many of the kings in in first and second kings it says oh they were they were righteous in the eyes of the Lord but guess what they never tore down the idols they never tore down these uh, altars why because they were afraid of the people they were afraid that the people would hate them that they would re be revolt against them Listen, we can't be afraid. Remember my fear episode? Fear is holding a lot of us back because God said we will be hated and some of us might be killed. I have no clue, but I'm telling you, God said we would be hated for him because this is a gospel that will set the captives free. And guess what? The devil doesn't like that. So he wants to make sure that doesn't happen. So he will attack you. He will afflict you in the name of Jesus. I know that he will. Sorry, I didn't mean to say in the name of Jesus. He won't attack you in the name of Jesus. I was just meaning like, God says that that will happen, basically. Sorry, I might have misspoke there a little bit. But anyways, we need to be like Josiah. We need to tear down the idols. He didn't care what anyone thought. He said, wait, God, you don't want these things. And he went every single day, tore them down, burned them, ripped them off, threw them in the trash. That has to be us with our lives. We have to look at our lives like that. Like, okay, we can't have this. We can't do this. We can't do this. I, I got to stop cursing. I got to stop hanging out with these people. And again, I'm speaking to myself, you guys. But I'm here to encourage us all that we can all do it together. We're the body. We can do it together. 
Again, though, we have to take the step. Why are you still sitting in your spirit-less church, right? Get out of there. Why are you still living like you used to? Why are you still living like your old life? If you're born again, why are you still living that way? If you need to be born again, why are you not? Why are you not reaching out? Why are you not applying what you've heard? Why do you claim to know and love God, but you can't give him more than five minutes of your day? That's not love. I'm here to tell you right now, that is not love. And man, I've been convicted more on that and just trying to spend more intimate time with him and just listen to him, like give him a a space to speak. Yeah, I'm sorry to get in your face, but some of us need to hear it. And uh, yeah, and and I just want to say right now, um, if you're ready to take that next step, I just want to go through this little prayer right now. And it's not about the words or anything, but I just know that our words have power. But I'm, I'm saying this isn't a sinner's prayer or anything, but just say, in the name of Jesus, I declare and decree that I give my full life for your service. I cut every contract I have made, knowing or unknowing with the devil. And I burn up any demonic presence in my life. And I step out in faith to follow you every day. In the name of Jesus, I declare and decree this. Those words are powerful. And we have to tell God, listen, we're in. And listen, if you still need deliverance, if you're still struggling with your sin, yeah, it's great if you listen to my episode about, you know, freedom from addiction and all this stuff, but you you got to reach out. You need prayer. You need baptism. Even if someone has to get on a plane or I don't know, I'm just saying, don't just sit in your brokenness or in your your situation and be like, okay, well, I need this. But if you need food, you go get food. Don't say, oh, I need to get baptized. Like, get get baptized, you know? Um, I've, I've been in that place too where I'm like, I, know, I need this, I should do this, but I haven't done it. And guess what? I It's not that I regret that, but I just, I learned from that and realized, what was I thinking? I got to step into this. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like God's just speaking in this one. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are encouraged by this and not, I don't know, not hurt. But I mean, if you're hurt, whatever, like you need to hear this and I need to hear this and we all need to hear this. And uh, yeah, I I'd love you guys so much. And that's why I say it. I want to show God's true love to call out people when they need it. We all need each other, you know? Let's just pray. Dear Lord God, um, I just thank you so much for tonight, God, and what you've spoken, Lord, and this powerful, powerful message, Lord, that I don't claim to have authorship or my signature on. It is all you, Lord. You have spoken tonight in a mighty, mighty way. And I thank you, God. Wake up the captives. Set the captives free, Lord God. It says you came to set us free from sin. Set us free, God. Set every single person listening free. Set us free, God. Let us tear down those idols. God, I ask right now that you'd be revealing to every soul, every heart, and every mind the idols that we need to tear down in our lives, the things that we need to get rid of, the things, the ways of life that we need to stop living, the patterns, the comfortability. Be honest with yourself, Lord. God, just 
let them be honest with themselves, Lord God, and just reveal truth, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, mighty name we pray. Amen. Woo, seventh episode down. And again, please, one, don't listen to this saying, oh, this is a great message for A, B, and C. It's for you. We can all grow closer to God just because you're doing pretty good. Well, complacency is what happens when you start feeling pretty good. Um, comfortability. So keep walking, keep stepping. Um, and if you feel like this encouraged you, I ask that you would share it, please, as a step of faith, share it because I think the world needs to hear this message. Also, quick thing, if no one, this is random, but if no one has um, Spotify or Apple Music or maybe you send it to people and they're like, oh, I don't have these things, um, there actually is a YouTube link now. Obviously, it is free to listen to on the website. Uh, but I've put up the first season on YouTube. It's just Jesus is offensive. If you, if you put that in YouTube, you'll find it. Um, and the second season will be going up sometime next week. And yeah, um, if that's a better way for you to listen, then please listen there. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much just for your support and just for being open to learn and open for correction and open to grow. I'm so happy to grow with you guys. Even the ones that I've talked to, I'm, I'm, Man, it stokes me up that we're all growing together. Just don't let this moment pass you by. I believe this is a beautifully important moment in time. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let it pass you by, please. The worst thing that can happen is I record this podcast and you hear it and you're like, that was good, but no no fruit comes from it. Remember, if you do not bear fruit, you will be cut down. These are not my words. These are God's. I I can't even cut down one tree. (laughs) These are God's words. Um, yeah, I think this is actually probably going to be the last episode with me alone. You're probably annoyed at hearing my voice. Maybe, (laughs) I guess maybe that's why you guys come back more, but, um, yeah, I guess you guys are coming back. So I guess I'm doing something right. Or obviously God is moving, but, um, yeah, I think the next three episodes of the season are going to have guests and man, it's crazy to already be at the end of another season or on the brink of the end. Um, this season has been really special. I feel like it was funny uploading those old ones. I kind of was listening to some of the old stuff and just, I feel like I'm coming out of my shell a lot more and just really enjoying just even talking with you guys. And, uh, I enjoy this and I thank you for listening because it's a place where I feel like I get to use the gift that God has given me and he's given you all amazing gifts. So I encourage you to use them because God will multiply, um, the ministry and the people that you touch for his glory, his glory alone, you know? Um, but I think you guys are going to love the next three episodes um, yeah, be praying for the podcast. Cause I'm, I'm hoping to get someone on here and, uh, it would be epic. Uh, but I need prayer for that one. So please just pray that, um, favor for this podcast, please. If you could just right now, just ask God to give this podcast favor, um, with guests coming on. Cause I, I definitely want to supply some amazing guests for you guys that really can pour into your life and, and, and just grow this community. You know, the more people we bring on, the more we can just grow, um, the community. So yeah, guys, uh, that's about it. Um, I will not talk to you individually until season three, probably. Um, a lot of new stuff coming. See, I know I said that, that I feel like the season two was literally just me being like a lot of new stuff and then nothing happening. Um, but season three, I think is where kind of everything got pushed back to just some things happen. The devil kind of attacked. We want to get shirts out. We want to get some stickers out. Um, but I want to make sure they're perfect. Um, me, Mr. Perfectionist guy, but yeah, season three, um, look out for that. 
and look out for the next three episodes, continue to share. Um, and I feel weird even asking this, but I feel like it just got put on my heart, maybe by God. Um, if you guys could, or if you feel so encouraged to, um, on Apple music, if you, if you felt that this podcast has actually helped change your life or really helped you in life, I ask that you would write a review, um, even just explaining your story or even just, um, I don't know. I think reviews just help you when they look at a podcast and like, oh, you know, there's fruit and people are actually being changed. And again, it's not for my glory. Um, I thank you for already the people that have put stars on the podcast. Um, but I just think it would be really sweet if there's anyone that has been impacted, uh, if they would write like a small few sentence review on the, the podcast page, um, just to show the community of this podcast, I guess that's kind of the only reason I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, I love you guys so much and I pray that you have a blessed weekend. In fact, right now, God, I just ask that you would bless everyone this weekend, Lord, keep them safe, God, and continue to convict their hearts. Do not pull that weight of conviction off until they act. Lord God, thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you guys next Friday. Fingers crossed.